0: So much has already happened in this young Viking season. John, I'll tell you what my primary takeaway is after watching the Vikings on Monday night in Philadelphia. We'll get to that and John's reaction and all the breakdowns of everything that happened. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app to this show or any shows you like at TalkNorth.com. It's free. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen, Listen, and thanks to Star Bank, the Minnesota State Lottery, Vikings scratch-off game edition, and Grain Belt Camo Pack. So, John, my primary takeaway after these two games is I wonder if the Packers had actually tried to cover Justin Jefferson, what we would think of this offense right now.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, when you look at yeah, how free he was uh in week 1, it was kind of similar to how free some of the Eagles receivers were in week 2. Um I do kind of really try early in the season to avoid swinging too far well, that's left no or right fun. on the. I know, I know, uh, on the pendulum, but yeah, I mean, so when you look at what the Packers did and then you look at um you know, just the way the Eagles absolutely dismantled the Vikings Um, there. It, I think it just allows, I think everyone who was on the hype train coming out of week one to hopefully just take a breath rather than, you know, put your, uh, your toes at the edge of the cliff. But uh, there were some super glaring things that came up in week two that, um that really have to be shored up quickly to kind of, Restabilize the ship a little bit because that was a uh, that was just an embarrassment of a performance from top to bottom uh, in, in a huge spot.
0: Also brought to mind something. Listen, Denny Denny Green was a very divisive figure in town, um, but you know he was a, an experienced football coach who won a lot of games. And one of the things he always told me back when we actually talked more often was drop passes are the most underrated uh, plays in football. He basically said a drop pass, especially a drop pass for a first down or a big play is almost the same as a turnover. And if you watch the way these games played out, it's remarkably, it's remarkable how true that is. If Christian Watson catches a 75 yard touchdown pass, we don't know how that affects that game. Uh, If, Uh, the Packers don't give Justin Jefferson a chance to run free for a long catch-and-run touchdown. We don't know how that game finishes up. In game two, if Irv Smith catches a a pass that very well could have been a long touchdown, that could change the entire game. And if Cam Bynum, Bynum doesn't let Watkins just run free behind him for a free touchdown, I mean, any one of those four plays, if you change the outcome of that play, could have changed the entire game.
1: Yeah, it it did, it could absolutely because um, I mean, even the the sort of right now what everyone wants to talk about, and I'm sure we will get into it, is Kirk Cousins in primetime games, two and ten, and Monday nighters, and all of those things. Uh, and and it was a very bad Kirk Cousins game, but you do wonder if Smith hauls that pass in and scores, does that just give everyone? Uh, on that offense, a little more confidence, a little more room to breathe, and and do they do they go about things a little bit more decisively? Maybe in week one, if Watson hauls that thing in, that game is totally changed. Or like what I said after after week one was, yeah, maybe Christian Watson would have hauled that in, or maybe they and and it would have changed the game, or maybe they would have lost by ten instead of sixteen. Um, you know, I, I think the Vikings were just dominated for most of that game. So maybe a one long touchdown pass wouldn't have made a difference, but I do think that just in terms of the rhythm of a game of the confidence and the mental aspect that can get going, it sure just seemed like the Eagles had every answer to the test. And the test was written in Arabic for the Vikings. They just didn't know. They looked totally unprepared. That was my biggest takeaway, Jim, is – is you know we can talk about some of the plays that were missed and some of the mistakes that were made but I just thought that on both sides of the ball they look completely unprepared they looked like Jalen Hurts had they they they'd never seen Jalen Hurts take a snap in his life and on defense or on offense they looked like they'd never seen a blitz before and never and didn't know anything to counteract it and and so Um, When Kevin O'Connell came up after the game and said, this one is on me, you know, you hear coaches say that a lot to deflect and to kind of, you know, just to kind of um, take the attention away and, 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 and kind of fake, take the responsibility. But I think there's a lot of responsibility at his feet for this one. They were completely outclassed um, after out coaching Matt LaFleur
0: and a really good Packers coaching staff the week before it was, uh, it was really bizarre. There's a saying in the music business. You spend your whole life making your first album, and you spend six months making your second album. Yeah. Uh, and in the NFL, we see that a lot. You spend six months preparing for game one. You spend four days preparing for game two. Uh, and and to make it more a microcosm, you spend all week preparing for your first drive, and then you have to react to what the other team's doing in a matter of minutes or seconds So the second drive. So there's a huge difference between – being able to prepare and being able to react. And, you know, the Vikings have not, you know, in in game two, they did not look look like they were very good at reacting. Um, And yeah, I I do think O'Connell got outcoached in this one. I do think he outcoached LaFleur in, in week one. I'm not sure I would have seen either of those things necessarily coming. Sirianni, when he first got in town was, uh, you know, he was one of those guys who couldn't really conduct a press conference. You're like, this guy can't even speak in public. How is he going to run a team? But, Man, they have brought Jalen Hurts along very nicely, which, of course, l- let's talk about quarterbacks. We we will get to many other aspects of the game. It wasn't all on Kirk Cousins. But what's disconcerting, when you have a highly paid veteran quarterback who is a proven stat getter, just how off he looked. And, and the stats that jumped out at me from that game, John, uh, Kirk Cousins led the team in rushing with 20 yards. And Kirk Cousins did not complete a pass for 20 yards. You have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Osborne, you have can catch out of the backfield. You have talented tight ends, even though Irv Smith dropped the one pass, it should have been a 20 yard game. Uh, zero passes of 20 yards in the modern NFL.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, completely almost. The 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 difference between week one and week two was so incredibly glaring for Kirk Cousins and for this offense. I mean, you know, we we look we watch them play in in, in week one and we think that O'Connell is a genius and he has schemed Jefferson open and Cousins is decisive and making the right throws and ripping it down the field and and all of these things. And then in week two, um, it, it just looked like. You know i this is i'm going to date myself but back in the day for nintendo there's a game called tech mobile and that was kind of the yep. first real nfl game and there were four plays and you're if you're on defense you got to try to guess which one of the plays the offense was was making and if you guess that play the entire defense basically blitzed at the same time and just buried the offense and there was nowhere to go and that's what it looked like the Eagles were doing time and time again, especially in the second half. And they were sending the house and cousins just did not know how to react to it. He's just kind of flinging the ball up in the air. Um, You know, could have been intercepted at least one or two more times with some of the kind of aimless throws that he was making. Uh, They could not get much separation for Jefferson against Darius Slay. Adam Thielen Where like is he alive? Like what's what's going on with him? And and so um, when like getting circling it right back to the quarterback position, you and I have talked a lot about Cousins in this uh, in his time in purple. And the thing that has always in my mind held him back from being an elite quarterback is not the, the arm talent, not the throws. Cause he made some incredible throws last night, just some great ones. Um, but it's when things are falling apart around you, the great quarterbacks find a way and the offense derives strength and confidence from the quarterback because he can make things happen under duress. And, and, Um, that was not the case last night for Kirk cousins. I do not think it was all his fault. I do not. I think that there were plenty of other mistakes, including Irv Smith, including Justin Jefferson on one of the interceptions, including some of the uh, lack of picking up the blitzes and things like that. The lack of a running game is not on him. Um, but in those moments, Monday night, in a in a state in a hostile stadium against a team that you expect is going to be a Super Bowl contender which the Eagles absolutely look like they are Kirk Cousins looked overwhelmed and there are too many times in his career where he looks overwhelmed and the very best quarterbacks very rarely look overwhelmed and it happens a lot to Kirk Cousins
0: and Jalen Hurts who uh, does not have the passing pedigree or the experience or the stat Uh, book that Kirk Cousins has never looks overwhelmed he might Mm -hmm. make a bad play he might get sacked he might throw a bad pass he never looks overwhelmed he never looks like and he never looks like if you're in the huddle with him he's going to make you nervous
1: yeah no he great poise um you know he he has been here's the thing about Jalen Hurts and again another quarterback who I think from pure arm talent, passing ability, uh, just a a passer, a, a drop back passer. Kirk Cousins is superior to Hertz in that talent area. Obviously Hertz with his legs um, and all of that is, is something different. Um, but here's what I love about Hertz. And we all saw like how he was benched for Tua at Alabama. And yet he hung in there. And and did not let that get to him. And then in the national championship game comes through and plays great and helps deliver a title to the Crimson Tide. And you could see when he came in that game, how his teammates responded to him because he was a leader who had control of his offense. And then he goes to Oklahoma and and plays great and um, and has a finishes off a great career after not being, you know, he had the starting job and it was taken away from him or he lost it to Tua, And he didn't just like go into a shell and, and say, that's it. I'm getting screwed here. I'm not, I'm not doing, uh, the coaches aren't doing right by me. He made it work, uh, when things were not ideal around him. And so I think that maturity and that grasp of leadership and all of those things, um, that's evident in Jalen hurts. When he gets out there, his, Teammates believe in him, and the more plays that he started to make, you could tell that he sensed that he knew the Vikings' defense didn't have the answers. That you know they're playing this weird shell coverage. Um, it was a very passive game plan, like they were sitting back and waiting for Hertz to make a, a mistake. And all they did was make it incredibly easy for him to pick up big chunks of yards, either on the ground or through the air and it just got him into a rhythm and got him some confidence and man it was over um you know the, i think the defense responded in the second half and 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 played a little bit better but that that first half was so damaging uh to to that game that um it, it, that was all of Jalen Hurts you know physical talent but also mental leadership game that that propelled the the Eagles offense forward
0: We'll get to now that we've talked about the quarterbacks. We'll get to all the other aspects of the game. We'll look ahead to the Lions game. I want to let you know if you're a fan of John Krasinski and or, and or the Timberwolves and or Dane Moore and or really good craft brewing. We are going to be at Head Flyer Brewing for the John Krasinski show, 7 p.m. on September 30th. That is a Friday night. Uh, we'll run the John Krasinski show. That's our basketball show here at TalkNorth.com. Dane. More who does a really good podcast will join us. I'm guessing Steve Terry will be there. We'll have to remember to invite Steve Terry. Uh, What's Steve's? I know we want to pump up Steve's uh, uh, Twitter handle: sjt sports fun. Follow Steve Terry there if you want to. Uh, we we love working with Steve and TSR Injury Law. So come to uh, Head Flyer Brewing, 7 p.m. September 30th, Friday night. Uh, you can ask Vikings questions if you want. It will be primarily, primarily be a Timberwolves kickoff show. Uh, come out to that show and also check out the John Krasinski show at TalkNorth.com. Also, if you like this football talk, you will enjoy Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider on our network as well. We have a tons of ton of outdoor content and sports content. Go to TalkNorth.com, check it out, and listen to your favorite shows. For today, we do want to thank uh, StarBank. Big banks are not the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member, FD, excuse me, member FDIC an equal housing lender. Thanks also to the Minnesota State Lottery Vikings scratch-off game edition.
2: It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings Big Ticket Scratch Game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second chance prizes too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery must be 18 or older to go big.
0: And thanks also to Grain Belt and Grain Belt Belt's camo pack.
2: A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shots stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stalk. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ouncers. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24-pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip.
0: I'll say another thing that probably was
2: obscured by Jefferson being
0: so wide open in week one and that came out uh, more in a more obvious way in week two is I think the interior of the Vikings offensive line Is problematic still. Uh, They could not run the ball against the Eagles. They couldn't handle their size and strength. Uh, They weren't great in pass protection. I don't think they were great uh, in Week One. It's just that the big plays, you know, loosened up the Packers defense and allowed them to function pretty well. Uh, I think that Bradbury is still a problem. I think Ingram is still learning. I think Cleveland. I, I my impression, and I'm not listen. I never want to go too far with offensive line analysis because that is the hardest position in sports to judge from the outside. I think Cleveland's pretty solid, but I, I think there are still concerns about Bradbury.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in one respect, I, I think they are improved from where they were, um, but where they were was a complete disaster, and now you know when when they're going well. It's maybe they're mediocre to a little above mediocre. And when, you know, when they go poorly again, uh, they they fall back down. Um, we see, I think, time and time again, especially with Bradbury and some of the interior offensive line, it seems like they are susceptible to being bullied to when a team is really physical and really aggressive with them. That's when they struggle. Bradbury is more of a cerebral guy. He is not a guy who is a brick wall type of a player and and you know, and so we don't we don't ever see the Vikings interior offensive line kind of dictate the rules of engagement and take the fight to the other team. Now they can be technicians and they can do a good job of opening holes and and things against the right defenses and the and the right matchups, but, when you're facing a you know a, a a an aggressive, a nastier front, they often just don't have enough to stand up to it. And I think that was part of the case on Monday night. And um remember too, Jim, like the Lions put up 35 points on mm-hmm. the Eagles defense. Like, and against the against the Vikings, the Eagles defense looked like the 85 Bears. I mean, it was like you can't even get a yard against these guys a lot of the times. And so um, I don't, you know, I think the Eagles have a good defense, but they certainly have shown that they can be scored upon. Um, And so for the Vikings not to be just whipped as much as they were in that game, I think to me was just uh, that, that was something like, Holy cow guys. I mean, you are not, facing a bunch of Hall of Famers right here. Darius Slade's a really good player. Jordan Davis, I think, is has shown potential. Some you uh there they have a Bradbury, right? A cornerback and an Avante Maddox yep. and stuff. They they were aggressive and they, they played well, but it shouldn't have been that decisive from that group. And so they got um they got a lot of work to do to kind of figure out how to account for not being able to control the middle of the of the offensive line and to and and to physically impose their will on on an opponent, they just have not been able to do that in the Garrett Bradbury era.
0: I'm wondering, and I don't want to overreact, and I want to get ahead of, because he could run, he could bust one for 70 yards on the first play of, on Sunday against the Lions. Mm-hmm. But you know, Dalvin Cook put up good, solid stats in Week One. He didn't do much last night. He just doesn't look quite right to me. And maybe maybe it's just because the holes aren't there. But, but I just don't, you know, he just hasn't had that gear. And he's looked a little tentative to me. Uh, so I don't know if that's wear and tear. I don't know if that's age. I don't know if he maybe has a minor injury that he's trying to hide. But he did not look quite right to me last night yeah
1: it yeah definitely last night he didn't have that little burst that he usually does one thing like that's about dalvin and of course he'll have the 30 yard runs or 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 those really big splash plays but the thing that had always impressed me about him is it seemed like he was almost always getting four yards and falling forward for six it was Mm -hmm. making a guy miss and turning a two-yard loss into a three-yard gain and and, and doing those kinds of things. Now I think life was very difficult for him last night. I don't think that he had much breathing room at all. I don't, I didn't see in real time many opportunities where it's like, Oh, Dalvin, you, you could have, you could have got more there. Um, that, that, that was, you know, I, I don't know that that was the case. And in week one, when I looked down and it was 20 carries for 90 yards, I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that. And so, um that to me showed he was a little more productive than i thought but yeah i think you're still waiting to see dalvin cook get the ball in space with some room to work and and make somebody miss and turn it into 15 or 18 yards and we have not seen that yet and you know kirk or kevin o'connell said after the game that um he's got to do a better job of not abandoning the run. And I thought we're wait a minute. We've talked all summer about how Zimmer was too committed to the run and we got to look at the pass, and now we're not running the ball enough. And this seemed a little bit familiar to me, but I do think that O'Connell is right in terms of they just did not seem to be giving Dalvin much room at all. And then they were starting to force feed it a little bit when when the game was slipping away from them and that only put them in worse situations in second and long and third and long situations. And so uh, yeah, we still have yet to see the Dalvin cook, the explosive runner, the one that is striking fear into the opponents of uh, into the hearts of, uh, of opposing defenses. I think that um, he has not shown up yet. And part of that is because he hasn't had much room to go, but Part of it is, too, we got to see that extra gear and see him turn nothing into something, uh, which is what he was so good at earlier in his career.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You see all of our shows as they are released. We do appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Again, subscribe and uh, and thanks. Uh, Let's spin it forward now. They're going to play short week, uh, getting home probably early Tuesday morning, probably a little beat up after a physical game, short week. Playing the Lions at home, a Lions team that has looked you know, pretty they, they, pretty competitive against the Ravens, and then they had a good week, too. Uh, it looks like they have uh, – St. Brown is going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. Goff has looked good. Swift is a very good back. Hutchinson has already started making plays. They seem to be a tougher t- squad than they ha- so often have been. And the Vikings might be without Harrison Smith, so they might have to force Scene into the starting lineup immediately against a team that's throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, listen, I think the Vikings should win this game at home against Detroit, but it doesn't feel like it's set up to be an easy task.
1: Yeah, absolutely not, Jim. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this one a lot this week before I make my pick. Um, and again, I don't want to just like overreact to one bad game uh, by the Vikings on Monday night and say that you know they're going to lose. But I do not think that this is the same old lions team that's coming in to u.s bank stadium on sunday forever and ever the lions have always been the team that the vikings can uh, can count on to help them get a little mojo back a little confidence and even when things are going wrong well hey we'll at least beat the lions and and stabilize things i don't i don't think that is the case now anymore with these detroit lions the lions should have beaten the vikings twice last year they just should have and and they and they gave it away now they're a little they're a year older i think dan campbell has got a little bit better hold on the coaching job and 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 what to do and they are playing with confidence um and and so i i just think that um th- this is going to be a fight on sunday i do not expect the lions to come in here and get worked, um, and, and, and then go home meekly. So, um, I guess maybe silver lining, Vik the Vikings got humbled here. And so they will refocus and lock in and, and be ready to go. And I don't think they'll get caught slipping or sleeping on, on the lions, but, um, but I, I think that they're going to come in here and it's going to be. You know, not your same hapless Lions, and so they're, the Vikings are going to have to earn this win. And I could absolutely see them lose it if they play with the same lethargy and 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 passiveness that they did on Monday night.
0: Few key Lions stats: Jared Goff six touchdowns, one interception. DeAndre Swift twenty carries, two hundred yards. Yes, ten yard per carry average. Uh, also has a touchdown. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown two carries for 68 yards and a touchdown 20 uh, 17 catches 180 yards and three touchdowns already uh then you have uh, their number one draft pick Aiden Hutchinson already has three sacks and two tackles for loss uh this is a talented young team it is a talented young team now they're, yeah
1: i think their defense you can score on them yep. um yep. and that you can put up some yards on them and 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 do things that way but um but yeah it's a team that will that will fight you and i think could be in a shootout with you and i don't think you want to be um in a tight game with them in the fourth quarter and and kind of giving it up to god because um that's a, that's a dangerous game to play so um i'm actually looking fo- i'm looking forward to it i want to see how the vikings yeah. respond we have said all i said this all summer long the good vibes thing is real like kevin o'connell has done a very good job of of fostering connection with his players and and getting them to believe and 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 getting everyone to feel good about being Vikings again and things like that. Well, now is the time where you need to cash in some of that equity. They had not faced any adversity through all summer long and even through week one when when they looked great. Now the adversity has come; it's hit, and now let's we'll see how the this team kind of bands together and rebounds. I think it's going to be really telling about what kind of staff is in place and what kind of team they have by how, how they look on Sunday.
0: And obviously the pass rush at home week one Rogers behind a, uh, an injured offensive line, not seeing the trusted receivers. The pass rush won the day week two against a better offensive line against a great running quarterback. The pass rush was not the same as, and you probably expect it not to be in that circumstances. They are playing at home against a stationary quarterback, uh, I could see them getting to golf and if they do, that makes the game much easier.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, they have to, I mean, yeah, Hunter and Smith have to do it. Yeah. Gosh, Goff, like you said, is more stationaries. You don't have to worry about him taking off and running as much as you do with hurt. So that should help a little bit. I do think the lions have a good offensive line though. So, yep. um, they're, 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 certainly better than the one that the Vikings saw against green Bay, the shorthanded one. So, um, they will hold up a little bit better, but it does seem like at home on the turf, the Vikings defense always always um shows up a lot a little bit better. We'll see about Harrison Smith, too. That's another key, Jim. Um, concussion and who knows about his availability. Bynum looks terrible. um you you have Lewis seen If if Harrison Smith can't go, even if he's not what Harrison Smith used to be, that's a that's that could potentially be a big big thing to watch um,
0: going into sunday no doubt about it hey uh, once again head flyer brewing 7 p.m on september 30th come out have a beer ask a viking question if you like meet john uh, meet dane moore uh what we look forward to seeing you otherwise uh, check out the john krasinski show check out the jeff diamond shore show for more vikings talk uh thanks to john thanks to uh, should we do a pick it feels weird to do a pick this week early in the week should we do one just to throw one out Sure, why not? I mean, I'm always up for looking foolish, so why not? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, predictions. That's the thing. Predictions are stupid, and we <laughs> don't take them seriously. You shouldn't take them seriously either. Uh, but it's kind of an easy way to cap the show. So we'll each make our stupid prediction now.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll just say I I I I think that the Vikings will win thirty one twenty eight. High scoring game. They get Jefferson back involved. They find a way to get Cook going against a defense that hasn't shown. A, you know, a great deal of backbone just yet. And so they find a way to squeak it out and squeeze it out, uh, but not, not emphatically enough to say, okay, totally forget the Monday night game. There there's no problem at all, but, but they do get enough to just stabilize things.
0: I would say 3430 Vikings win a shootout uh, pretty much on the same page as you for all the same reasons. Hey, thanks for listening to uh, the Viking update show. Check out the John Krasinski show and we'll talk to you next week.